Welcome into the first episode of the Motor City Bengals podcast. I'm Michael Zima, joined by Luke Sloan. Today we're going to be talking all Detroit Tigers stuff. We're coming out of the All-Star break. The trade rumors are heating up regarding people like Joe Jimenez, Matthew Boyd, Shane Green, all those big trade talks. They're really heating up. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes as we get towards the deadline. We're going to talk some best and worst of the first half, some guys that were pretty good that impressed us and guys that really didn't impress, the guys who fell way below possibly our expectations. And then to round out the show as we get in the second half of the season, we'll talk about some of the, uh, some minor league guys who can possibly come up in the second half and make a big impression. But first, Luke, let's start with trade rumors. We were talking before we started recording. Uh, new rumors coming out yesterday about Matthew Boyd, um, the Padres potentially being interested in the Tigers starter. What have you heard about that? What do you think about that with the whole Padres situation? Because that's just another team in this big long line of teams that have already come out saying, oh, we're, we're eyeing Matthew Boyd and we're possibly interested, things like that. A long list of teams is exactly right. I was listening to Sports Talk Radio on the drive over here, and bear with me as I say this long list of teams. I believe that the Rays, Braves, Padres, Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, and I'm missing one more team, have Milwaukee have interest in Matthew Boyd. That's like a 7-8 team? Yeah, a 7-8 team list. I mean, they could create an all-out bidding war for him as we get closer and closer to the deadline. Especially, you know, you go look down the standings, there's a variety of teams that if they make a little run, like a Texas or a Pittsburgh or a Cincinnati, they could possibly flip from a seller to potentially a buyer. So Tigers fans will want to circle a couple teams like that on the standings as teams they want to root for. But even if those teams take off, Matthew Boyd is primed to be maybe the premier starting pitcher on the market. Yeah, so you had that 7-8 team list of, of clubs possibly interested in Matthew Boyd. Um, you mentioned the Braves. I saw another rumor uh, yesterday that the Braves kind of were heating up in that Matthew Boyd conversation as well. But you look at teams like the Padres, Rays, and the, uh, and the Braves, who have some of the best, I think the top five or top ten uh, uh, farm systems in Major League Baseball, <clears throat> that's probably where uh, Tigers GM Alavila wants to look to get the best return. But he also made some comments uh, yesterday saying um, that no one's really been aggressive enough and he's waiting for someone to come out and, and really make a, an enticing, aggressive offer to get a guy like Matthew Boyd or, or Shane Green. But I mentioned the Rays, uh, Joe Jimenez, also getting a lot of talk about possibly um, having some connection to the Tampa Bay Rays as the trade deadline approaches. And you mentioned those uh, certain teams that could make a run later on, but uh, you know, there's a hard July 31st trade deadline this year. Yeah, it's going to be a lot different. Yeah, you can't do those August waiver trades like they did with the, you know, with the Justin Verlander trade uh, and the JD Martinez trade a couple years ago. Um, you got to, you know, got to get those guys out by July 31st. So that might limit those, you know, kind of fringe teams that could be looking to make a run. They, you know, they only have what, you know, two, three weeks now to, um, you know, to put themselves in a position to say, okay, we're going to buy and go in for this, or, you know, we're going to hold back and maybe we'll, we'll sell even a bit as well. Less than, uh, yeah, about three weeks now at this point, it looks like. Um, so, you know, coming out of this all-star break, the trade talk's really interesting. Um, yeah, the Tampa Bay Times um, reporting that, you know, Joe Jimenez, they're, uh, the Rays are really dying. Joe Jimenez is an attractive trade target. Um, the New York Mets also um, rumored to be eyeing him as well. So 
uh, that'd be very interesting. But the Rays do have um, a very interesting uh, farm system. They had five prospects listed on um, you know on uh, some of the midseason top fifty prospect lists that came out in the last couple of days during the All Star break. So it'd be really interesting. I would like to see the Tigers do a deal with a, a team like Tampa or Atlanta, even San those, Diego. Even San Diego has that really strong farm system, so that's where you can get um, those really good returns. So that's what I'd like to see, but who who knows where those will go? But uh, just take a prediction right now. Like, where do you think where do you think Matthew Boyd ends up? Matthew Boyd, I've really been going back and forth on him. I guess early in trade rumor discussions, maybe two or three weeks ago, I, th- I thought maybe the Tigers would hang on to him because the asking price they were setting was so high, it didn't seem like anyone was going to be able to meet it. But my opinion has kind of changed over the past couple weeks and even the past couple days as more and more teams really step up to the plate in serious pursuit of him. I'm going to go with the San Diego Padres that have been in the news these last couple days. this that The Padres are the team that has shown the most interest in them so far, I think. There were rumors popping up yesterday. There were rumors popping up this morning. The Padres have been a team over the past couple years that have looked for a controllable starter. They went after Noah Syndergaard. They're going after Noah Syndergaard reportedly. Last trade deadline, they went after Chris Archer. This is a kind of piece that they've been interested in for a long time. And adding on to that, I wouldn't be surprised if Castellanos went the Padres' way as well. I know it's a big outfield in San Diego that he'd have to try to cover, but I believe that they might want to try to make a run at that second wild card spot. AJ Preller, their GM, is a guy known to be aggressive. I like the Padres and the Matt Boyd sweepstakes. And you think about and you think about too uh, the fact that Matthew Boyd has team control through I think it's like 2022. So if you're the Padres and you get him, you're trying to make a run. This year for you know that second wild card spot, which they're the Padres are currently right at 500 um, at the All Star break, 45 and 45 record. They're let me see, I'm checking the same. They're they're only two and a half games back of the second wild card spot right now. As you know, at the time of recording this on Friday morning, coming out of the All Star break, um, they're two na- two games out of the wild card spot, but they're 14 games behind the Dodgers in the NL West. So really, when you look at it, the wild card, the only realistic situation for the San Diego Padres. But Matthew Boyd having a couple years of team control after this, if you're the Padres or any other team interested in him, that's kind of the real allure is that you're not getting just a rental guy at this trade deadline to make a run just this year. If you're the Padres and you go in and you get that second wild card spot, maybe you don't make it past the wild card or whatever it is, then you know, well, we still have this guy added to our rotation that we can keep for, you know, in the next, uh, the next couple of years. But what's interesting, one last thing we'll talk about in the trade rumors talk, when you're thinking about, uh, you know, Joe Jimenez or Matthew Boyd or in general, just any of the trade talks, um, you know, do you, if you're, if you're Alavila, yes, you're looking to still build your farm system, but also you got to kind of think about where do you, you know, where, where do I keep going with trying to acquire talent for the future? We're also maybe getting the young talent right now who's already got some big league experience who, you know, you think a team like San Diego would be trying to, would be willing to give up in return for a Matthew Boyd um, to kind of give the Tigers a piece that they can also somewhat still work on developing, but, um, you know, but have, you know, who has experience on a big league roster and can put in the lineup right away instead of 
putting him in, you know, having a guy who's, you know, it's what, 18, 19, 20 year old go to double A and have to wait two, three years for him to come up and see the fruit, uh, you know, see the fruits of that trade come uh, to the big leagues. You know, you look at San Diego, they have, you know, young outfielders like uh, Josh Naylor, Hunter Renfro, not super young anymore still, but, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, also, you know, important. So you look at uh, guys like that, you know, Josh Naylor, I maybe look at, he's having an all right year. Uh, I actually don't know. I'm kind of looking at his stats right now. He's he's, he's hitting two fifteen, um, with thirteen. Not amazing, but still, he has big league experience, and uh, you know that that could be an important aspect in looking at these at these trade talks. It's it's really interesting, you know, the development of how this rebuild has gone in years past. Alavila has made trades in mind. Maybe the Justin Verlander trade comes in mind where. Daz Cameron, Jake Rogers, and Franklin Perez were all sitting around the A-ball level at the time of that trade. But now, in most reports, I'm seeing they prefer guys who may have a taste of big league experience, guys who are at double-A, ready to blossom into triple-A. It's definitely a shift as the Tigers' rebuild continues to progress because they don't want to elongate this any more than they already have. Maybe, Maybe you see them go after guys that are a little more big league ready, but I'm going to throw this one back at you. You know, we talk about Matt Boyd. There's not been a ton of action on Shane Green or Castellanos just yet, but I'm sure that's going to pick up. Boyd, you know, is really the guy Tigers fans are talking about right now. But who do you think is the favorite for Matthew Boyd right now? What team do you identify? Well, you you said the Padres, which I think would make a lot of sense. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. I'm gonna go. I'm, something tells me that the Philadelphia Phillies interesting might make you know might make uh, a move to get Matthew Boyd because they have you know they have Aaron Nola they have Jake Arrieta but they don't their starting rotation it's not quite I think where they want it to be all the things that I've I've read about you know with the Phillies in the last you know month or so uh, when you see things like you know Matthew Boyd maybe possibly you know the Phillies possibly showing interest in him is that the Phillies are really looking to just kind of round out that starting rotation to because they're in they're in full win now mode when they made that big move signed Bryce Harper to that you know extremely outrageous contract they're trying to win you know in the future and right now the Phillies and their um, let's see Phillies they're currently six and a half games behind the Braves. Um, for that, uh, for the NL East, they're in third place in the NL East, actually behind Washington, Harper's former team. Um, the Braves also heavily rumored uh, in Matthew Boyd trade talks as well. So I think the Phillies might make a big move trying to get Matthew Boyd. They've got a decent amount of, of um, pieces they can give up. I would ideally like to get you know their top prospect, third base guy Alec Baum. Don't know exactly if you know if that could be. Um, a possibility if, if they end up making a deal to get both Matthew Boyd and Shane Green, which would be a huge deal, um, you know, which would be kind of a blockbuster trade. The Phillies bolstering both the bullpen and the starting rotation at the same time. Then Alec Bohm, I think, would have to be included. But I'm not saying necessarily that the Phillies will trade for Matthew Boyd, but right now, for some reason, just the compass inside my brain is, is pointing a bit east towards the city of brotherly love. I don't know exactly why, but... That's just what uh, that's just what the gut's telling me at this point. So we'll see how that all pans out. But moving on from trade rumors to kind of uh, you know kind of reflecting on the first half 
of, of Tigers baseball. We'll talk a little bit about the best of the first half and the worst of the first half. So if you had to pick maybe just kind of, you know, right now, just kind of right off the brain, Luke, uh, kind of, I mean, MVP, I guess, for, for this Detroit Tigers team in the first half of the season, who would you say really impressed you, who really stood out? Because, you know, there's not a whole lot of positive to take away from this first half. But if you had to pick an MVP, who do you think it would be? You know, I'm going to go with kind of a different one right here. You know, you'd think, obviously, Matt Boyd would be most people's pick as the player that's been most valuable to the Tigers so far. But I'm going to kind of break down MVP and the most valuable player. I think one of the players that's been the most valuable to the Tigers, and I will continue to provide value as well, is actually Brandon Dixon. He, he, people don't realize the, what a, what kind of bind this team could have been in without an option at first base when Miguel Cabrera had to move to designated hitter on a full-time basis. Dixon leads the Tigers this season with 11 home runs. Obviously, if, if you were to think my first half MVP would be Brandon Dixon headed into the year, you'd probably call me crazy. But he's been really valuable this year at a time when the Tigers haven't had a lot of stability in the lineup or on the defense, he's been he's provided an everyday presence that really was unexpected. Brandon Dixon, interesting choice, but I do under, I do get where you're coming from in that respect. He leads the team with 12 home runs at this point. Also got 34 RBI that puts him, I believe, yeah, second on the team behind Miguel Cabrera. So a very uh, a very solid choice by you, Luke. I mean, Matthew Boyd obviously is. Is kind of the obvious pick here, you know, for anyone looking at, uh, you know, a possible first half MVP. Um, but a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but I'm, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say Miguel Cabrera, because despite his lacking power and his, you know, his game not nearly being where it once was, you know, being a two-time American League MVP, a Triple Crown winner, all that stuff. This guy is still leading the Tigers' offense in batting average, RBI, and on-base percentage. And you can't deny that that's an extremely big help for this team that just cannot really get anything going on offense most nights in that first half of the season. So having Miguel Cabrera still being able to go out there and, and you know get RBIs, even if they're just you know singles coming with guys on base before him, that's huge because... A lot of guys on this team, you know, are having trouble getting out there and producing. So just the fact that if you can get guys in scoring position before Miguel Cabrera and then rely on him to make contact and get, you know, just a single, you know, somewhere, find a gap somewhere, then that's huge. So I'm going to have to go with Miguel Cabrera. Only five home runs in the first half of the season, but 36 RBI, batting, batting 304. Um, so I think you know I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have to go with Miguel Cabrera as my first half of the season MVP. So now we go to kind of the other side, Luke, and look at someone who you kind of maybe had some expectations for in the first half of the season who really just kind of let you down. If you can figure out who that would be right now, who do you think it would be? Really, I mean, unfortunately, there's a variety of guys on this team that I can I can categorize into that. You, you you wanted to look for a guy like Nico Goodrum to turn it up in year two. Castellanos has been disappointing this year. Candelario, he's really been hitting well lately, but he, over a full body of work so far, hasn't been great. But I'm going to go with one that might be a little underrated. 
in a year where the Tigers have needed some big-time innings from their starting rotation with all the injuries that we've written about and tweeted about and gotten angry about, I would I want to see more from a guy like Daniel Norris, especially in the second half. Everyone knows him as the headlining prospect of that David Price deal from the Toronto Blue Jays. He's been here for quite a few years now, and he's still really yet to prove himself. He had an opportunity every fifth day in the starting rotation in the first half. He's going to get it again in the second half, especially when they trade a guy like Matthew Boyd, which I believe they will. It's going to be important for Norris to step up and be that lefty in the rotation moving forward. He's an important piece for the health of this club moving forward. Well, you went with a starting pitcher, and for a second I thought you were going to take mine, but you didn't, so um, I'm happy about that. But I'm going to get to go with Jordan Zimmerman as my disappointment of the first half of the season. 0-6 through 10 starts. Granted, he did miss a decent amount of time, I think almost a month, from a uh, you know with uh, with the injury there from I think much uh, mid May to kind of mid June, um, but come he you know he had a pretty good so he had a really good opening day start. He went I think it was like what seven scoreless innings and only gave up like one hit, and he kind of got you really excited about okay maybe Jordan Zimmerman's going to turn into the sort of ace that we thought he uh, that we thought he might be when the Tigers acquired him I think in twenty one twenty sixteen so. But then kind of it all went downhill after that. Right now he sits at a 6.29 ERA. Um, and so it's just not it's just not really the whole acquiring Jordan Zimmerman from the Nationals back a few years back. Everyone thought the Tigers were getting this kind of, you know, a guy who, yes, we were we, we lost Max Scherzer. We knew kind of Justin Verlander was probably going to be on the out sometime soon at that point. And so you got this guy who think, okay, well, he's not, you know, he's not outstanding. He's not a Cy Young type of ace, but he's, you know, a kind of intermediate level ace who can hold down Fort as, you know, as the top guy in the rotation while things, you know, really change around in this organization. And he just hasn't panned out that way. He just hasn't had any really impressive season. His whole kind of Tigers career has just been kind of Blah to this point with that big contract with the big contract and and uh, injury troubles over the years. So I gotta go with Jordan Zimmerman. Yes, you know he didn't play. You know he didn't have. You know he only had ten starts in that first half. But those ten starts, an zero and six record, and a six point two nine ERA, and you're supposed to be that top headlining guy in the rotation. Um, you know, granted in this situation, there's not a whole lot expected from you there. But when you can't even meet that. That's what you know. That's what I can't go for. So I'm gonna have to say Jordan Zimmerman, my disappointment of the first half of the season. I'm looking here too, uh, a guy who we probably could have mentioned in that MVP of the first half um, conversation. But if we had to say we have to pick a rookie of the year so far on the Tigers team, I'd probably have to go with uh, Spencer Turnbull. 17 starts, six and three, uh, or 17 starts, a uh, three and eight record. Excuse me, three and eight record, but a 3.31 ERA. 8.4 uh, Ks per nine. Um, you know, he's just had a really solid uh, rookie year. Um, uh, 1.34 whip for Spencer Turnbull. Granted, he's on the uh, injured list right now. But you got to say Spencer Turnbull, he probably, you know, he had some AL rookie of the year um, rumors going around. I don't know how much that will hold up uh, since him being out for a while with injury. But Spencer Turnbull, probably a rookie of the year on this Tigers team, and didn't mention him in that MVP conversation in the first half, but also a guy having who had 
a really impressive start this season and could show some real promise going forward. That's a good pick for your first half kind of rookie Spencer Turnbull. He's been a godsend for this team, a guy who many thought, you know, maybe not make the rotation out of camp. Obviously, he got an opportunity with the Michael Fulmer injury, and his role was more solidified when guys like Matt Moore, Tyson Ross, and Jordan Zimmerman went down. For my rookie of the first half, I'm going to go with a pitcher. I'm going to go with Nick Ramirez, the big 6'3 lefty, a guy that most think at, you know, at 6'3", 240, oh, he's going to overpower you with a fastball. He'll throw you a changeup. He'll throw you a slider, and he's been really effective in getting the Tigers some much-needed innings out of that starting rotation. Sometimes when they go with an opener, he'll throw three or four innings in the game. He won't be the opener of that game, but he's been extremely valuable this year in a year when the Tigers have really needed some innings from that bullpen. All right, well, shifting gear, we weren't even planning on doing a rookie of the first half, but hey, it worked out that way, and it uh, worked out well. So shifting gear to kind of the second half of the season, looking forward, we'll end this first episode of the podcast with naming uh, one or two guys we both think could make an impact when getting called up in the second half of the season because obviously this is a rebuilding year. Tigers aren't going anywhere. So might as well call up a few guys from the minor leagues, get them some big league experience. So I'm going to name two guys. I'll name two guys at first. Um, guys I mentioned in an article on MotorCityBagels.com yesterday, um, Bo Burrows, the pitcher, and Daz Cameron, two guys who I'm kind of excited to see when they uh, if they come up. And, well, I think they both will probably make an appearance sometime in August or September on the Detroit Tigers big league roster. Bo Burrows, obviously, he was hinted at by Al Avila like a month or so ago that you know he's one of the guys who can get called up later in the year, especially because this Tiger starting rotation really needs help at the back end. So why not give the 22-year-old um, you know some action in the big leagues? He had an injury earlier this year, but he's back in action for Toledo. He's got a 3.92 ERA this year. He struck out 32 batters in just over 36 innings uh, on the mound for the Mudhens this year. So he's doing decent on the mound. And then Daz Cameron, this was a guy who some people speculated might even make the opening day roster for the Tigers' uh, big league squad. But that didn't happen. He had some big plays in spring training uh, in the Grapefruit League. He's hitting only 231 in Toledo right now. He's got nine home runs and 30 RBIs in 75 games for the Mudhens. So, you know... 231, you look at that and say, well, that's kind of iffy. You know, you know, is he is he exactly ready to come up and hit in the big leagues? But this guy, if there was, you know, if there was talk about him being on the opening day roster for the Detroit Tigers, I think that's got to be one of your top call-up candidates when August and September roll around. So those two guys, Burroughs and Daz Cameron, two guys I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if they get if and when they get called up uh, to the Tigers. It's really been kind of interesting how this first episode is gone when we were talking about players that have been really disappointing this year for the Tigers like a Goodrum or a Castellanos or a Candelario or a Zimmerman you could go on and on with guys that might be disappointing but on the back end the nice thing is that you could go on and on about guys that we could, could that we could see come up from the minor leagues and contribute in September I have two guys in mind as well the first one would be the shortstop potentially of the future, Willie Castro. The other night, I watched him in the AAA All Star game, playing in Santa. Excuse me, playing in El Paso in the AAA All Star game. He's a guy that is a bat first player at shortstop. The defense is coming along, although it's something he struggled with down there at Toledo. 
He's a guy that could get looks on this Tigers team. I believe he will get a call-up. And the second guy I think will definitely get a call-up is a guy that has surged this year and really kind of broken out is Jake Rogers. Mentioned him earlier as one of the, the key pickups in that Justin Verlander trade. He's a guy that tore up double-A over a couple-month stretch earlier in this year. Goes to Toledo. Continues that pace, really showing off the power this year. He caught Matt Manning in the All-Star Game Futures Contest. He's a guy that really seems re-energized. He seems like he's he's really worked on his body well, and he seems like a guy that's recommitted to a, a good future in this Tigers organization. I'd look for him to maybe be the starting catcher on next year's team and definitely get a look on this year's team. Yeah, Jake Rogers, obviously an MLB All-Star Futures selection. Um, and Willie Castro, yeah, Willie Castro hitting uh, 296 right now in in Toledo and 39 RBI for the Mudhens, having a really good year at the plate. You mentioned that defense is coming along. <laughs> and that middle section of the Tigers infield has kind of gone through a lot of, you know, a lot of, it's been like almost a carousel at points this year with, you know, Nico Goodrum at second base, then going to the outfield for one game, and Jordy Mercer being hurt and coming back. Jamer Candelario being sent down to the minors and Ronnie Rodriguez kind of going back and forth as well. So with all the shakeup that that middle infield of the Tigers has gone through so far this year, calling Willie Castro up and throwing him into the mix and giving him a shot at proving himself in the big leagues can't hurt anybody and won't really, I don't think, affect anything. So those guys, all guys, we're looking forward to seeing hopefully, you know, the Tigers make the right decision and bring those guys up because those are all, you know, the four guys we mentioned are probably the, you know, number get top candidates to be called up from AAA into the big leagues uh, as we round out this Tigers season. And we round out this first episode of the Motor City Bengals podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm Mike. That's Luke. And we'll be back next week with more Detroit Tigers talk.